this is Memorial Weekend, so, um, you know, what happens is people go out and play this weekend, so there's a lot of people out playing. And so what we're here to do, so they can be safe to come back, we're here praying. You know, they need the prayer, we need the practice. Amen? Um, Nicole, will you come up here, please? I just This just came to me right now, so um, this isn't part of the... Uh, program that that we had planned or anything, but uh, if you want, come on up here. Um, Nicole has been teaching with our our children for quite some time, and she's just an amazing young lady. And I'm just so glad that she's here with us. And uh, today is going to be her last Sunday with us, uh, maybe for good, maybe just for a while. We we don't know, you know. Th- but she's part of this family. But she really feels a call to do something else, and uh, she talked to me about it, and so. Uh, what I want to do as a family is I want to pray for her, and I just want to lift her up. Amen? So, Father, I just thank you for Nicole, and I thank you for all, you know, all the help that she's given here at Thrive. Wow. And, Father, I just pray that you touch her, that you give her wisdom and revelation knowledge, that you fill her up with the tools that she needs to succeed and be the person that you've called and created her to be. And, Father, I just pray as she goes to her next assignment, Father, that she fulfills that next assignment and keeps on going from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, glory to God. Give it up to God. Amen. Well, welcome to Thrive Church. We're so glad that everybody's here, whether you're here, you know, sitting in the audience or whether you're watching online. We're we're excited that you're here worshiping with us. Our motto here at Thrive is don't just survive, thrive. And then we have three words that go with that. Grow, develop, succeed. And this is how we continue on. We're growing a kingdom. And we develop, we're developing our character. And the reason why we're developing our character so so that way we can succeed by doing the call that God has in our lives, both in our local church and in our community. Amen. Well, this morning, I just want to I want to thank God for just being here and I want to honor all of our veterans and I want to honor every single family member that's represented here and everybody online who's lost a loved one for this country and this nation and for what this nation represents. I mean, it was an honor to serve time in the United States military. It's an honor to, to serve time with the Greenville County Sheriff's Department. You know, you think in serving time, it's almost like you're in prison. It, it's not. The thing of it is, it's an honor to do these things. And, and I'm so privileged to serve next to people who, who put their lives on the line every day. And this morning, what I want to do is I want to give you guys a treat. You guys like treats? Well, good. Then give it up for Misty McCall. Motzel. I'm sorry, I did say that. Well, somebody asked me this morning, I said, Motzel. They said, I thought it was McCall. I said, no, it's Motzel. And then here, what do I do? I mess it up. Oh, I do have an ad. I do. I do. I do. Can you guys hear me? Can you hear me now? Hallelujah. God is a good God. Let's give it up for God. He's such a mighty good God. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I want to appreciate Pastor Rick and his wife for allowing me this opportunity to be able to speak to you today about what God has laid in my heart. A couple weeks back, um, Pastor Rick, when he asked me, I was so encouraged and so excited. And I was just like, God, what am I going to talk about? Just was like researching and looking for everything and like just multiple things were Oh, man, that would be good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that that would be good. Oh, yeah, we need that. But something just extra, extra was ringing 
in my spirit. And it was this word called anxiety. And I know that at times, when the Bible tells us, do not worry about your tomorrow. Don't worry about the food that you're going to eat or the clothes that you wear or the house that's provided for you. God says, don't do it. It's a command. And I don't know about you, but almost every day of my life, I sometimes have this worry creep up and my spirit can get frantic. And, and there's this magazine article that I was reading and it said something really profound. It said, how exhausting overthinking is, but you can't help it. It's a toxic cycle. Your thoughts become your worries, and your worries become your thoughts. Anxiety is a powerful tool the enemy employs on many people in many situations. It attacks at any time of day. It can attack at any time or any situation. It attacks with impunity. It's the kind of attack that's secret warfare. Nobody knows that you're, you're battling it or you're going through it. Secret warfare. I looked up the definition of what an anxiety attack would describe, and it says, anxiety, an intense attack of anxiety, an intense attack of anxiety characterized by feelings of impending doom and trembling, sweating, pounding heart, and other physical symptoms. Some of you are under that kind of attack today, and people don't even realize you're dealing with it. Turn with me to our text today, and we're going to find out the diagnosis and the medication to defeat anxiety. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, verse 5 through 8. I'm going to put my book down just for a second. Hallelujah. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Let your moderation... <coughs> Your, your balance, one, one version says your gentleness, let your moderation, let your balance, let your gentleness be known unto all men. You know when worry hits you, how frantic some of us can act and, and react, and oh man, the devil just loves it. He loves it. He loves getting you in a sweat. And so this scripture right here says, let your moderation, your balance, be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Next scripture. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. When I grew up, I hear the word careful. It means be careful. Don't trip. But this careful means worry. Don't worry. Don't do it. Don't give up your peace for no thing. Not one thing. It says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. With thanksgiving and the peace of God, 
not your peace, not your mama's peace, not your family member's peace, your peace, not your peace, God's peace. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. One translation said guard. It will keep, it will guard your heart and your minds. And then we're not going to finish this letter without telling you what to think about. Paul is telling you what not to think about. Now he's going to help us out and tell us what to think about. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Glory be to God. Let's pray. Jesus, Jesus, we need you. We need you in every area of our life. Things that that creep up in a moment, Father, that try to get us into a frenzy and, and attack us, oh, Father, with, with overthinking things, oh, Father, in the battle, Lord Jesus, that our hearts and our minds face, and here we are, Father, with your word right in front of us. You've given us the diagnosis. You've given us the medication. Why are we not taking it? Help us, oh, Father. Help us to understand what we are to do in a battle just like this, facing our worries and our fears, Father. Help us today, oh Lord God, to get rid of anxiety and worry forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's made the diagnosis. He's prescribed the medication. Why are we not taking it? Why do we choose to go through worry every day of our lives and never open our mouths to speak? God gives something very encouraging. Let's look at that Philippians chapter 4, verse 5 again. He talks about this moderation, and that's a part of the cure too. He talks about us being unbalanced. And when you're unbalanced, it's very hard for you to, uh, to not feel frenzied and afraid. It's very hard for you not to allow worry to attack you when you're not balanced. And this balance just means, you know, you even yourself out between victories and losses. You balance yourself between these emotions that can occur. You balance yourselves between what God says and this voice that you might hear that's something opposite. You're evenly balanced. And so this is very important. It's very important. Biblical authors do not merely tell us what we should do, but they often tell us how to do it. They call us to do an action, and they also tell us the manner in which that action should be performed. It's not worry that cures your anxiety. It's not being manipulative that cures it. It's not meddling in other people's decisions that cures it. It's not trying to control your children 
that cures it. God said, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, this is how I want you to think about your situation when anxiety attacks. This moderation thing can mean maturity. It can mean maturity. And if you've been walking with God for a long time now, we should have some balance. We should have some moderations. When things come to attack us, we should be ready. You know, God, he tells this man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. So this, this moderation, meaning maturity, I, I know for an example, I've, I've met a, a lot of people who are older than me, a lot of people who are younger than me, my same age. We all have that. And in my life, I can get some feedback from someone who is my elder. And uh, if they haven't walked with God for a long time, what comes out of their mouth, it may not be so right when they're giving me godly advice. So maturity doesn't mean age. Maturity means how your relationship is with God. You must know God to have moderation. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to balance myself. I'm going to balance myself between burdens and blessings, between issues and concerns, between victory and praise. I'm going to remind myself that just because I have trouble over here doesn't mean I have trouble everywhere. The enemy's job is to make me think that all hell is broken loose because I have a little bit of hell somewhere in my life. My marriage isn't going so good, but God, I thank you that me and my children's relationship is going well. And Lord, I know you're going to bless me in the meantime as you help us to work on my marriage. My left arm doesn't work so good, but my right arm is great. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I was thinking about one of our brothers who's been battling with diabetes and, and maybe not eating so well. And here he's in the hospital and he's got a situation he's facing about amputation of a leg. And I know the prayer team was going with, you know, circling around him and, and uh, standing in, in accessory for him and believing God for him. And he lost two toes. But the, the team... When they wrote on the chat, they said, thank you, God. Yeah. He still has his leg. Yeah. Yeah. Sister Beverly, I don't know if she's here today, but the first time I came in here, Pastor, and I met a woman who was blind, and I said, God, restore her sight. Give sight to the blind. I don't want to see anybody like this. And, and God says, Thank me that she can hear. Blind Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was passing by. She still has her earring. Because something's going to manifest and happen for her. I know it. I know it. Why? Because she can hear. Hallelujah. I'm getting off track. Sorry. Your heart is just impacting me in such a way that it becomes applicable in this room. Because each one of you are so precious. 
to the Lord and what you're battling. God says, I don't want you to worry about it. I want you to give it to me. He says in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxieties upon me for I care for you. I don't mean to cry. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. Cast all your cares. And for us to cast our cares, Pastor, he says, do it with thanksgiving in your heart. Before you even come to me in prayer, do it with thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please God. And here I, I come to God knowing that he is God. And he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And here I am. God, I have faith. Oh, man, I know you are God. And you're going to get me out of this situation. He says, with thanksgiving in your heart, now pray and attack this problem. Pray and ask me, supplicate. Ask me to get rid of this anxiety in your life. Ask me to get rid of this worry. Cast your burdens on me, for I care for you. And I am a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He said, then I will give you the fruit of peace. And that peace now shall guard and keep your heart and your mind from the worries that every day try to distract us and bring us into a place of, you know those voices. Oh, you're not good enough. Oh, no, you're too old. Uh-uh, God's finished. You know those voices of, oh, you know, pastor, people don't really like you. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> you know those voices. Your sermon, yep, wasn't very good today. Nobody got nothing. Those voices. We all have a personal terrorist. We all have a personal terrorist. Oh, you know you're not good enough. Oh, you know those children won't love you. Oh, you're really not their father. You're just trying to be personal terrorist. Trying to do something really great for the Lord. You're running this race with patience. Endure until the end. Oh, I can do it. I see it. I see it. The finish line is way up there, but... You're rejoicing because you know God's got you. And the devil comes to whisper something in your ear and knocks you down. Why? Because you didn't open your mouth with thanksgiving in your heart and say, God, this worry is coming against me. This, this anxiousness is, is trying to attack me. This anxiety with overthinking, oh, Father. But you, Lord God, I know, Lord God, if I cast all my cares upon you, you're going to take this anxiety from me. You're going to take these worries from me, Lord God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And did you know the other day, as I'm preparing for this, I got anxious. Would you just believe that? I got anxious. And I said, maybe this is the wrong message. Maybe this is not what the people really need to hear today. If pastor's going to give me this one moment, this one moment in time to say something 
that's really going to just encourage you. I didn't want to mess up. And so here, I, it has this, this defeating word. You know, that's not right. That's not it. That's not what they need. I'm like, God, is this you? Or is this a personal terrorist? And before you knew it, because I was talking with God, I was rejoicing and giving him thanks. And I'm talking with God. I didn't even realize I was humming. And I start humming. This, this beautiful humming song. And when I realized I was humming, I realized the peace of God that surpasses all understanding had entered and was guarding my heart and my mind. I didn't even realize it. I didn't say, hey, God, please let your peace, please let your peace just, just that surpasses all understanding. God, please, 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 just let it go. I didn't even pray that. I just got on my hands and my knees, prostrate before the Lord. And I said, God, I need your help because I don't know what I need to be saying. And before I knew it, I was humming. I was humming. Hallelujah. There's uh, a place in my life that really had to let God just truly mature me. And that was Saudi Arabia. And in 2007, my husband took a job as a civilian in Saudi Arabia for the Saudi Royal Air Force. And he had gotten out of the United States Air Force, and he got hired for this one because of his knowledge. So it was this liaison bridge between the United States and Saudi Arabia. Big, important role for Brandon. And he tells me he's moving, and I said, we're getting a divorce. The biggest challenge of my life. What? You're going to take my children? My children are eight and thirteen. What? What school are they going to go to in Saudi Arabia? I can't. I can't even bring my Bible. And here I am. I mean, I love praise and worship at this time. And I've been praise and worship a part of a team everywhere we went and traveled with the United States Air Force. Everywhere we went, God just seemed to open up, open up doors, and I would just find myself right here, comfortable right here with the team. Man, I love being in God's house. He says, forsake not the fellowship of the saints. How am I now going to have saints to fellowship with? And of course, I wasn't really joking about the divorce, but God got me. He really, really got me. I repented. I asked for forgiveness for ever mentioning the D word because God... <laughs> is a family man. Amen. He loves family. He's not for divorce. I mean, there are some things that let us out of a marriage, but I don't think going to Saudi Arabia is one of them. So I got on an airplane. My parents were like, what are you doing? You're crazy. Our pastor at that time said, he is not listening to the voice of the Lord. He was saying, Brandon, you have lost your mind. Brandon was determined. He had heard the voice of the Lord, and all these oppositions were coming against him. I mean, us Christians were like bucking up. No, no, you're going to get your family killed over there. 
Yes, all this fear and worry, oh God, I'm going to die. And I had that for about three weeks being there. I met this amazing pastor who grabbed me in Brandon's hands and he prayed. Very simple prayer. He prayed that God would get rid of our anxiety. And do you know in that two-minute prayer, I mean, he, he thanked God. I watched him. It's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, oh, you're going to do great things here in Saudi Arabia. Oh, God, you know, there's nobody like you. There's nobody like you, King of kings, Lord of lords. And he was like, yes, and help Brennan and Misty to not fear. I tell you, at that time, Pastor, we never looked back. Us being afraid of being there, all my fears, maybe Brendan never had it, but I did. And I needed help. And the only one who could help me was Jesus. It wasn't pills. It wasn't alcohol. It was Jesus. And then people today, talking to people today, and I was there eight, nine years, 2007 to 2016. Took my daughter home for her last senior year of high school because I, I knew that she was missing out on some things. Girls don't drive in Saudi Arabia. They wear bias. I don't know if we have that picture. I'd probably scare you if we put that picture on. <laughs> All you can see is my green eyes. <laughs> um, eight years of that kind of thing, nine years for my husband. And it's hot. It gets hot, 140 degrees. But the battle is real. And during that time, during that time, ISIS was doing what they were doing and putting a lot of videos on television and trying to get the world just in a frenzy, trying to get the world in a frenzy. A terrorist loves meddling in anxiety. I have something about a terrorist. I'm going to read that for you. This is the enemy that gets two for one. He says, I'm going to kill you, and what he says kills you before he ever gets a chance to kill you. He kills you with a threat. Um, the compound that we were living at, it was the compound that was actually bombed in 2003. And so when Brandon's driving me up, he doesn't tell me this stuff because he knows I don't Google. He knows I don't do my research before I go. I'm just listening to all the naysayers and, you know, I'm trying to pick up information on just your vocal alone. But I'm not really getting in there. And so here we are driving up, Pastor. There's no windows. It's only like boarded mansions. I'm like, man, what happened here? He's like, oh, by the way, some people died here. And I'm like, oh, my God, good Lord. Now, this was before the prayer. This was my first three weeks. I'm being entertained with all kinds of manner of anxiety. And this is how the enemy gets you. He says he's going to kill you before he ever gets a chance to kill you. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion, ready to devour you. And when it says he's like, that's that imagination part of it. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal in Christ Jesus. They're mighty. They're mighty. And we don't understand how valuable prayer is. And in that prayer, terrorism could be happening all around. We're living in a new world today. We're living in an era of terrorism. It's a new kind of war. It's a new kind of battle. It's a war for which there is no precedence before. We know how to fight countries. We are, we're not good at fighting ideas. 
We have all kinds of institutions. We can negotiate with countries, but it is impossible to negotiate with a terrorist. It is impossible to negotiate with a terrorist because the idea of terrorism is not just about who he kills, but who is left behind, terrorized because of the act. When terrorist strikes, his job is not just to kill. He is using who he killed to terrify who he didn't. And the more visible it is, the more effective it becomes. You don't see terrorists striking private places. They want to do it in public so that there is always a spectator. As horrible as the violence is against the victim, the real violence is not against the victim alone. The real violence is against the survivor because it leaves an atmosphere that suggests you know you could be next so that you can enjoy your life. I know, for example, I was going to a stoplight, and this may be the same stoplight. I don't know. Please don't quote me. But there was an American who they pulled out of the car and just cut his head right off. And I was, like, all curious, like, well, did they know him? Were they, like, researching him, you know? I'm an American. God, are they going to do that to me? Just because, you know, it's kind of hard to hide this unless I'm wearing the full burqa. As horrible as the violence is against the victim, the real violence is not against the victim alone. We all have a personal terrorist, and his name is Satan. And Satan, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But if he can kill you with a possibility of a threat before he even has a chance to kill you, can you imagine what kind of life we'd be living? Frantic and afraid, afraid to go to church, afraid to go to the grocery store, afraid to drive down the road and stop at a stoplight. personal terrorist. You know you're going to fall right back into that temptation. Don't even try to give it up. Personal terrorist. You know nobody likes you anyway. Don't show yourself friendly to them. Don't try to hook up with them. Don't try to fellowship with them. They're not like you. God says, love me with your whole heart. And then the second commandment, like it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Why are we being so selfish with love? I don't even know why I said that. Man, it's not even a... <sighs> there are three weapons, and I know I need to move quickly. Let me get to these three powerful weapons that the enemy um, doesn't want you to find out about today, and it's going to be revealed to you, and I pray that we will use it every single day of our life because every time you're trying to fight off worries, these three weapons are going to help you. They're going to get rid of worries, anxiousness, anxiety. Praise God. Praise God. They're going to they're gonna help you. And so um, all three of these weapons, Pastor, require us to speak. All three of these weapons require us to speak. 
and they won't materialize until you do. It's just not like you can just meditate on it. No, all three of these weapons require you to Weapon number one, prayer. Hallelujah. Weapon number one, prayer. I give you prayer. Hallelujah. He says, anxiety wins when you shut up. I know that's a terrible way to say it, but anxiety wins, folks, when we shut up. I, I know, for example, I was, I was laying on the couch, and this worry about the message was hitting me, and all kinds of things. I started overthinking things, and, you know, you get in places in your mind, and here I am exhausted because I'm not opening my mouth, going upstairs, finding an alone place, getting on my knee, and giving it over to God with thanksgiving and with prayer. And so, number one, I give you prayer prayer. Look at your neighbor boldly and say, you need to pray. <laughs> you've been worried. You've been stressed out. You're nervous. You're shaking. You're getting the sweats. You're slapping the dog. Come on, guys. I did it this week. You're kicking the cat. You need to pray. You need to pray. You need to pray. I know maybe we wanted a deep revelation today. But the fact of the matter is, God said, let my house be called the house of prayer. We used to come in. I mean, I, I would go to church as a little girl, and we'd have prayer services. And these prayer services, people would be excited about. You didn't have to, like, have an entertainer or something really special or a guest speaker for people to come or a holiday like Easter or Christmas. People came because they wanted to pray. Pray for our nation. Pray for our communities. Pray for the folks we knew personally in the house. We need to pray. We need to pray. I need to see Pastor Rick. I've got to get an appointment. I know he's got something really good to tell me. I really need him. No, you need God. Pastor Rick may say something really encouraging to you, but his boss... It's who he goes to. Why don't you want to go to God? First weapon is prayer. He said the second weapon I'm going to give you is supplication. It's a little bit different than prayer. Genualized, general prayer. You know, you have to open your mouth with the first weapon, but the supplication part of the second weapon is when it's specific. I know Stacy needs prayer for her back, Father. And this is out of my control. I don't know what's wrong with it. But Lord God, I give her to you. I give her to you, Father. I'm standing in the gap. This is important. And I don't want to have to worry about her back, Father. I want her to be healed from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. And I thank you because, God, you said by your stripes we were healed. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a unique kind of prayer, supplication, a unique kind of prayer. You lay prostrate. It's the act of getting down with it. It's the act of lowering yourself. It's the act of prostrating yourself in the presence of God. In other words, it's the act of humility. We have some of the best doctors in this world, but God is the greatest one.
and yet we try to supplement with every doctor. And I'm not saying don't do that. That's, it's, it's important for us to, to try to get our balance and, and to get some things in line in our life. I'm not saying give up all these things. I'm just saying we're missing something so important. If it was so important to God for us to pray, he gives us examples. Why did Jesus pray if it wasn't important? Why did the, the God himself pray if it wasn't important? This devotional I, I shared with the team today, uh, right before prayer, and I mean right before our service, and it's this May 27th devotional for today. It says, when we pray. And I just was so encouraged by it because I, I kind of sneaked last night for today's devotional. And I was just like, wow. I was so encouraged at that moment because I knew that this was the word from the Lord today. And it said, the Lord is close to everyone who prays to him, to all, to all, not just pastors. The Lord is close to everyone who prays to him, to all who truly pray to him. Psalms 145, 18, that's not just a man's word. He's not just writing down some kind of fluff for you. He is giving us his word, his promise. He says he's close to us when we truly, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, God, I, I don't think you're going to do it for me anyway, but Philippians chapter 4, verse 5 through 8 says, I need to prostrate myself. I'm going to pray, I'm going to ask that this gets alleviated from my life, and amen. God doesn't want us to come to him like that. And you're like, God never answers any of my prayers. This makes me so angry. Everybody else is happy, and I'm miserable. I've been serving God for a long time and never seen the blessings of the Lord. Well, what's the matter with your heart? Do you really know him? Do you really want him? Or do you just want his blessings? Do you really want connection? Do you really want relationship? Do you really want to praise him with thanksgiving? This is when God says, and the peace shall be given unto you to, to, to guard your heart and your mind. Man, I don't know about, about you, but if you've ever experienced the true peace of God, and I pray that you have so that you're with me when I say this, it's nothing like it in the world. I'm telling you, like, every worry, every anxiety, whatever you were anxious about, it just leaves you. It's like, it's like humming in your kitchen and not even realizing when it left. Hallelujah. 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 If you want to get rid of anxiety, get rid of your pride, humble yourself. He said, if my people will humble themselves, pray and seek my face. He says, then I will hear. Do you think God's really hearing when you go to him and go, yeah, well, yeah, this might not work, but I'm going to go ahead and try. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, Pray and seek my face. I then will hear. And he said, I will deliver them. I will heal their land. Glory be to God. Supplication says, this battle is not mine. 
It belongs to the Lord. The enemy may be moving the pieces on my chessboard, but he is, my, his opponent is not me. He may be moving the pieces on my chessboard, but I'm not his opponent. The guy sitting on the other side of the chessboard is God. The battle is not mine. It belongs to God. Cast all your anxieties upon me, for I care for you. What? You mean I didn't have to carry that guy? No, because the opponent between Satan is you. You're just stuck in the middle. And man, he knows how much I love you. I love you more than the birds in the air. I give you prayer. I give you supplication. The third thing I'm going to give you to fight with is thankfulness. Hallelujah. Anytime the terrorist attacks you, start counting your blessings. Start counting your blessings. Start rehearsing how many things God has done for you. Start rehearsing everything God has given you in the face of a terrorist threat. The enemy couldn't threaten to steal if it wasn't yours in the first place. Can't you imagine what we hope that the enemy wants it so desperately? Man, Kyle, he just, devil's coming after you strong. Why? Because he knows that you have something he wants to steal. Sorry for using this example. <sighs> the enemy couldn't threaten to steal it if it wasn't yours in the first place. So stand right in the middle of what the enemy is trying to do and start thanking God for it. Start thanking God for it because if the enemy's coming after you, that means something. God created you in your mother's womb. He created you for a purpose. He knows you by name. Quentin, when you came to this team, you, you had so much anxiety, so much anxiety. And Quentin said, it's okay if I talk about him today. But I tell you, there was a point about four months into it that Quentin calls me one day and he says, Misty, he said, God did it. I said, what did God do? And he said, I woke up for the first time without worry in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. God, I know I only see, I know I only see these baskets and they only have a couple of breads and couple of fish, but God, the, the crowd is so large. How, how have faith to believe that God is a God enough. God is God enough. Glory be to his holy name. God is enough to defeat cancer. God is enough to defeat diabetes. God is God enough. If God put that person in your life, he's enough to keep that person in your life. Why are we worrying about something God gave us? Why did we forfeit peace? And if peace is so important, why are we letting the enemy come and rob it from us? Our peace, his peace, excuse me, is so important. God doesn't even want you to worry about anything. Is it possible that we don't worry at all? Can it be possible? Yeah. With Christ, all things are possible to him 
Hallelujah. Prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Let your requests be made known unto God. Glory be to his holy name. Lord, ask you.